You are tuned in to the PBE podcast where we're taking new information, applying it to new real world applications to make discoveries. We got to stop and take a minute and thank our sponsors, BRT Energy Advisors, Better Reservoir Technologies, Results Without the BS. We've had Alan on our show and I can tell you from experience, he definitely has seen seismic from around the world, including of course, right here in the Permian Basin. If you are in the EMP business and you want to use seismic data to increase the value of your asset, or if you want to drill safer wells at lower costs using seismic, then you got to get a hold of Alan Bertain and work with his team at BRT Energy Advisors. If you check out our podcast from episode 70, you'll see that not only he understands geophysics, business, and people, but he also explains complicated subjects in a clear and simple way. Visit them at www.brtenergy.com forward slash PBE. We're going to do a little fireside chat pre-Hadley Joe. So, Zeph, why don't you want a current UTPB graduate student, talk to us a little bit about your uh, your thesis right now, the work that you're doing, what you're trying to get done, so on and so forth. So, what I've got going on so far is that i Get I'm up on that mic. There we go. So, lately, I've been studying the influence on um, early Paleozoic faulting and its relationship on Permian age strata and understanding the relationship between the two. And what I've been finding lately is so far was the um, this bending of what is the Permian age strata that was caused by that early Paleozoic faulting. And I was able to identify using various seismic attributes, not only identifying what is these two identical normal faults that are found below this detrital surface that we identified, which is a, a, um, an erosional unconformity to where those faults were stopped there at erosional unconformity. But what we have is that just regular flattened out permeate strata was building up on top of it. And I'm identifying what is these, um, this lineament, this trend of curvature along these permeate stratas to what the goal of the study is, is to identify flexures in this permeate strata. And what so far that I've gotten was everything that's going into the Holt formation. So going from this, Erosional unconformity is going f to the clear fork into the hole, which is where I've gotten to so far. But something I want to look into a little further is into possibly what could be into the San Andres formation, where you're talking about on the um, the central basin platform, because this is um this is the Goldsmith Landreth San Andres unit oh, within okay. the Goldsmith field. So it's a little bit um a little west of what you were studying in your yeah. thesis, which was the Faskin Oil Ranch. Yeah. So now I'm working a little bit on like Northwest here in Nectar County. Nice. Yeah. And so I've been identifying these trends in curvature, which is what it's identifying um, these flexures and identifying those structures throughout this area. So uh, just to be clear, I, I think you may yeah, be it's on a my, little bit. I'm trying to explain may, it the best I can. Yeah, yeah. You may be on my favorite subject here, but Ooh, you're looking at these deep. Yeah, you're talking events. to the guy right now. Just yeah, to let you I, know. I was saying you talked yeah, earlier. I was like, you caught right my now. interest. You no. really caught my interest. But you're talking about these deeper faults, and uh, they, they've affected some of the shallower sections. Yes, there we go. So these are. How did that happen? Maybe I'll put you on the spot. So here. it was how, probably just a little bit of like happen? a rejuvenation. Ah, good Ju rejuvenation. There you go. One of my favorite subjects. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I will tell you that whenever I look at a seismic line to interpret. I don't want to see the shallow section. And I, I said this on yeah. the show last time. Show me the bottom. That's where I want yeah. to start. Show because me the deep. that is what controlled everything. Mm -hmm. Rejuvenation, by the way, 
it's all over the world. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm glad you're discovering it, but yeah. it is, it's <laughs> yeah. a universal phenomenon and, uh, you know, very important one. So yeah. fascinating, and it, it's happening. It, it's definitely happening, so I'll be very interested when you have that thesis. Yeah, so I'm actually, I actually got a lot of the data collected already so far, but I want to do a couple more things to it to kind of see what else could be going on and something else I could talk about with it. But for the most part, the data is collected, and I'm just getting bas basically most of the summer typed out on this thesis and I'll hopefully be able to present it hopefully at the WTGS symposium okay. happening in September here. There it so is. So vote you there out, out there. And, and everyone so better be there. See me there. WTGS. So is, there we go. is this 3D seismic? So this is 2D, 2D 3D. Yeah, 3D. Yeah, this okay. is 3D. You got 3D seismic. Mm. It's in Kingdom, right? This is in Patrol, actually, oh, and I've okay. actually been a little, using okay. a little bit in um, That's all right. it's Elias' Paleo <laughs> Scan. Patrol is good, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so I've also As been using um, Elias' Paleo Scan, which and is another yeah. seismic interpreting that's software that I've been using, kind of get my hands on. Yep. So we work with it. My team works. In fact, that's a Paleo I was going to say, that's what um, down there. Mr. Torres was telling me, is that that's he was working on that, absolutely. too. And it's actually a really neat software. I've been yep. learning a lot, and I just learned that within... Just what a few months of the 3D seismic interpretation course. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I guess we should ask your colleague to tell us yeah. a little bit because we still yeah. want to talk about jobs, right? Yeah. DJ Drew, you want to step in? A little synopsis of what you presented for your, your thesis. and. Yeah, so my thesis was based on uh, identifying sand dunes uh, in Navajo Sandstone, uh, Moksarge, Southwest Wyoming. And Where I started my career, by the way. Wyoming Thrust okay. Belt, Moksarge. Ooh, there we go. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll do a quick summary. Yeah, so we, we just found like 200 feet sand dunes, uh, 200 feet thick sand dunes between 1,200 feet to 1,400 feet deep. Uh, and looking at the seismic and calculating attributes and processing the data, we found the wind direction from it. Okay. Like, uh, no, so, so you're actually f being able to study by the specific clinoforms, the paleo wind direction yeah. and how those sand dunes were Just formed. Just looking at the seismic data, we were able to identify the wind direction at that time. Uh, but in the subsurface? Yeah, in the right. subsurface. So is that not the nugget sandstone? That yeah, it's yeah nugget, nugget sandstone, sandstone is what you call it. Sandstone. Yeah, yeah, it's like north of Mox Arch. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Telling you, this is the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I began my career at Exxon, working the Wyoming Thrust Belt. So I uh, went on field trips. Uh, so Dang, and interpreted seismic. No fancy 3D like you guys had. Old <laughs> 2D lines, unmigrated. Yeah. And by the way, all that processing stuff that was being talked about. Yeah, we were familiar with that too. But uh, maybe one question for you guys, because time yeah. is short. Yeah, go for so it. So, are you gonna? What do you want to do after you finish your thesis? Do you want to work, or you want to retire, or wh what's the plan? <laughs> do you want a job? <laughs> Hopefully, not retire. <laughs> if I make enough money working as a GA, I'll probably retire in the next forty uh, years. I, be <laughs> I believe your professor is breaking out into huge <laughs> laughter right there. <laughs> so I think you can exclude that scenario. So what else? Dang. No, I plan on going to work. I mean, that's kind of what I came here to because there was a lot that this program offered, especially seeing what Skips did, what Drew did, especially working with Dr. Verma. I really have definitely learned, and a lot of other professors too. I've been definitely learning a ton here as far as developing more skill sets and kind of diversifying my career path and seeing what my opportunities could yeah. definitely lie ahead. So I'm pretty open to whatever kind of opportunities are out there, but I have been picking up a lot of what is seismic interp geophysics. And I feel like having that skill set was something that I feel like I was kind of missing mm -hmm. as far as 
being able to display that skill set and that ability to learn. Mm -hmm. So anything that kind of goes along the lines of like was the geology and this correlation with geophysics would definitely be something I would look forward to down the road. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I guess you, you want to get yeah, a job I, too at some when point. I graduated like two years ago along with him. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been oh, hard so since then. Okay, excellent. I've realized that I'm not a field person. Like I don't like enjoying looking at rocks like most geologists do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather look at seismic and sit behind the desk and look at numbers and do processing and interpretation. So. Well, mudlogging is one way to start. Working on a seismic no. crew is another way. I started on a boat. Not okay. the most exciting thing. I was saying mudlogging was the but it's first way I got here. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you're but, building, but building that foundation, right? Looking yeah. at the rock, looking at understanding, hey, this is actually what's coming out of the pipe, and now being able to apply that to seismic data. And then also with your, your thesis, right? It's not only, you know, evaluating, you know, potential prospects for oil and gas, but also potential prospects for, you know, future carbon sequestration, yeah. right? Which has also kind of been something that we've been doing at yeah. UT Permian Basin. We started yeah. having a little CO2 working group, and that's kind of something I've fallen back on as far as my research as well. So okay. it's kind of something we've been doing looking forward at UTBB. Well, time is very short here, so we won't yeah. have too much, but I'd like to make yeah. a couple of points. So, you know, first of all is multidisciplinary integration is the key. People fall in love with 3D seismic and attributes, and attributes by themselves don't do very much. Yeah, true. And so this is uh, what is often taught in, in universities. Oh, go, go do the uh, whatever it is, sweetness attribute. You'll find all the oil out there. I'm afraid that's not true. <laughs> uh, so the way you find oil and gas in the real world is through very hard work, multidisciplinary integration. So you get the well logs. We have Mr. Dr. Robert Nail here. He and I work together. He's a petrophysicist. He knows the rocks. He the knows man. The, the dip hey, meters. There we go. Right? And Mike that's a specialty. He's an expert. And I happen to know seismic. And we would have our pet, another petrophysicist, et cetera. Yeah. But you pull it all together. That is how you find. There is no one tool that by itself yeah. will give you the answer. And so, but it's very, very hard work. So keep thinking multidisciplinary and broaden your horizons, as you've just said. You right. want to do, always learn new skills. Learn some engineering. You know, those, those production engineers and all that, they make a lot of money. You need to understand how that happens. So that's a general tip. The other thing, as you said, subsurface knowledge applies to all these fields. You know, they're groundwater, um, CO2 sequestration. So if you understand how to do multidisciplinary integration, you will have a wide range yeah. of career choices. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. And, and like you touched on it, all of that also stems from petroleum, right? It's all about finding that workflow that you figure out in petroleum geology is what applies to carbon sequestration, applies to, you know, these EOR technologies. It's, it's understanding where can I identify space in the subsurface as economically and as efficiently as possible, right? And I like to say, I think I said it on the last show, yeah. that... Uh, the best training to become a carbon sequestration geoscientist is petroleum geology. So who's the mm -hmm. best carbon sequestration geoscientist? The one with the most petroleum geology experience. And here's another reason why. Because the oil companies have a lot of money to go shoot that fancy 3D seismic and use the very latest logs <laughs> and this and that. Once you go to some of these other things, well, government budgets are limited and, well, we might let you run a gamma ray and a resistivity, but we won't let you run. So, again, best preparation to be a green geoscientist in the future is petroleum geology. Now, if you get that green geoscience job tomorrow, take it, of course. You know, and yeah, for but, sure. But don't feel that 
petroleum geology is a detriment in any way mm. to having a green career. I would, and yeah, I would agree, agree with that. Yeah. Yes. There we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, down to four minutes, I yeah. think. Do you guys have any questions to, uh, about careers? Yeah, no, I mean, hmm. are, have you thought so about where you, are you going to apply for jobs? Are you going to go to interviews? What are you going to do? What, what, do you have any questions so far? Or you think the job's just going to land uh, on <laughs> your, you get an email <laughs> one day, oh, guess what? We want to hire you. Yeah. I'll write off go. the job tree, right? Yeah. There we go. That's all I need. Have you thought about that? Or do you have any um, questions? I was about to say, what are like the biggest things as far as like skill sets do you think is something that people really look for as far as getting started in the industry? Well, I, I believe the, the, the most useful skills are the ones we just described because mm -hmm. they can create value. We talked about creating value with the fracking tool and it's all the same principles and ultimately understand the money too because ultimately companies will hire you to pay for your own salary. They love you and they think you're fantastic. They're going to give you vacation benefits, but they actually want you to pay for those and more. <laughs> so you will understand that when you understand NPV 10, and I believe our private <laughs> equity person left here, but uh, <laughs> when you're talking money, you only need to know one phrase, NPV 10. Mm -hmm. Good news is it's a very simple equation in Excel. It doesn't take a lot. Some people get an MBA to figure that out. I kind of <laughs> just looked at the Excel help. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, sorry for any MBAs in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clippy uh, pops up in the corner and you just ask how to calculate NPV10 it. And PV10 from this cell to this cell. Well, yeah. If you can type that in, you're good. You're, yeah. you're ready to be a private <laughs> equity person. <laughs> that's it. I'll never get any money from yeah. private equity again, I expect. <laughs> 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 but... Anyway, yeah, all the multidisciplinary, no one subject, no one attribute, yeah. all of it, everything, together. Always be curious. Learn about the other fields, and don't forget the money side, because that is what will control the success and failure of any company. <laughs> well, here's, here's another quick thing I'll say is um, when we grew up in our careers, our goal, and I'm pointing to someone, actually, he's younger than me, but, you know, <laughs> the, the dream was to go work for a big company, and I worked with people like Mike Forrest. Those of you who have been in the industry a long time, he's, he's about 90 years old. He's not going to retire either, by the way. <laughs> uh, but basically, the dream was you go to an oil company, you work for 30 years, you've got a nice pension plan, you retire. That's going to be fairly rare, I think, going forward. And so what you have to have the mindset of is, you know what? If a company doesn't want to do that, if I know how to create value, I'll be an entrepreneur and I'll just go do it for myself or find other people who will do it with me. That's a huge change. You know, that other career, I'm sorry, that's 20th century. We're in 21st century. <laughs> you're gonna have to be entrepreneurs. You're gonna have to take the bull by the horns and take control of your career. We'll talk some other time. Okay. Uh, we're gonna clear this off. We're gonna get Hadley Joe up here. And we're going to have a great <laughs> single to mile celebration. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and we're going to give you all T-shirts. Yeah. Oh. And T-shirts. I work uh, to help the students in the SEG Evolve program, so you're all going to get an SEG Evolve T-shirt. So here we go. Ooh, there we go. Oh, man. Hey. I want one of those. I'll wear that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'll wear that on the show. There you go. <laughs> oh, large. Thank you.